Well, I have a truly wild story to share with you today, and the conclusion I draw from it is do not adopt a spirit animal. Welcome back to the Faith of the Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, here to reignite the faith of the fathers. Derek Prince is a father of the faith that I've heard. I've heard his name many times over the years uh, with a lot of respect. I also associated him with more charismatic people. And while I was considered charismatic by a lot of the people that I hung around with, and I spoke in tongues and led worship in a charismatic fashion— uh, there are certain parts of it that I guess I have been embarrassed about or didn't understand or whatever, but Derek Prince has now become much more uh, central to my world as far as uh, someone I need to learn from as I've learned about casting out demons. And he's really a cool cool guy because, um, I mean, he's passed away now, but he was a cool guy while he was living because he had this really neat and unusual blend of intellectualism along with embracing the full gospel, which is sometimes— chaotic? Um, Well, the gospel isn't chaotic, but sometimes the effect of preaching the full gospel uh, is makes things happen. Manifestations that are weird, uncomfortable, don't exactly appeal to our pride and our uh, dignity. Today, I want to share with you a story that I read. I'm reading this book right now, They Shall Expel Demons by Derek Prince, which is really an excellent work. um, I just got it started. Well, I'm close to halfway through, but uh, it's really it's really, really good, and I highly recommend it. Um, and I want to share with you something that happened when he was in Africa. But first, let me go back a little bit, because I was listening to Isaiah Saldivar uh, speak on his YouTube channel. Isaiah Saldivar, if you don't know, is a deliverance minister who has a YouTube channel, and I'm learning a ton from him. He's a total fireball. And he was talking about uh, with a friend about different manifestations they've seen. And he said that he was... Uh, praying with this woman, she started manifesting a demon, and her nose started uh, flaring. She was breathing in a weird way, and he was like, "What's going on?" And then he, she saw her make uh, the like with her fingers, make it look like there were horns coming out of her head, and then she started pawing the ground like a bull getting ready to charge him. And I thought this is a weird story. Um, I have heard also about a woman, um, a, a young girl, I think it was, who. During a deliverance, um, her hair actually turned and came around her head uh, like a lion's mane, and she uh, attacked the person who was um, doing the deliverance um, as a as a lion. Pretty wild story. Um, and so, you know, these are things I've heard, uh, and this is why I say, like, I'm I'm embracing people like Derek Brintz more because. This is just the fact the world is weirder than I gave it credit, and uh, and I have to deal with it. And thankfully, there are people who have already learned that lesson and are dealing with it. So I'm going to share with you this story. Uh, this is from uh, this is from this book. Uh, and so he says, uh, on the third day, this is Derek Prince went to Africa. I'm not sure what country it was. Um, it doesn't really matter, but he was in Africa. He says, on the third day, I taught them how to recognize. So he was doing a five-day uh, teaching on the gospel, uh, including deliverance. He says, on the third day, I taught them how to recognize the activity of demons and to be delivered by them. 
uh, from them. And this is, uh, there are, I think, thousands of people here. It was a large, large um, outside amphitheater, kind of a natural amphitheater. He said, at the end, I led them in a collective prayer of deliverance. The scene that followed was to say the least at the, uh, sorry, the scene that followed was, to say the least, dramatic. The Africans in that area, keen hunters of animals, had been taught by witch doctors that in order to be successful, they must open themselves up to the spirit of the particular animal, such as a lion, elephant, or boar, that they intended to hunt. Unfortunately, often their wives were also overtaken by similar spirits. When we prayed the collective prayer for deliverance, these animal spirits began manifesting themselves. There was a cacophony of jungle sounds. Near the front, a man with a lion spirit attempted to charge me, but, the other, but another man tripped him and he fell to the ground without reaching me. Several other people, both men and women, dug in the ground with their noses like boars. A number of women slithered on, the bellies on, the ground, on their bellies on the ground like snakes. One man rolled like a log all the way up the incline to the entrance. To the entrance. I was reminded of the word pandemonium, describing a situation in which many demons are let loose simultaneously. It was remarkable that there was no violence. The name of Jesus was continually on the lips of the workers who were assisting, and after about an hour the uproar subsided. The supernatural peace that followed led me to believe that most of the people had been set free. So, this went on for an hour of human beings making a cacophony of noise as in the sound of jungle animals. And uh, that's, just, that's just wild. It's crazy. I've seen enough now, though, personally, to know this is real. This is true. This stuff happens. Um, I'm experiencing it myself. It's, it is wild. And I may have shared this before. Forgive me if I have, but I'm going to just share it again. I was praying with a man recently who told me something. It was a pretty heavy thing that he told me, um, not something you would tell just anybody at any time. And then he, he, he had his head bowed, and then he suddenly came up and said, oh, where am I? And he had no idea where he was. And I told him, he said he didn't feel safe. I assured him he was in a safe place. Uh, and then I told them what he had just confessed to me. I said, did you know that you said that? And he said, no, he had no idea what he had told me because there's just, I'm just saying that to say the world is a weird place. Uh, and the spiritual realm is incredibly real. And the Western world has had their uh, their eyes blinded to it. We have said that superstition that doesn't exist. Uh, the only thing that's real is the things that I can touch and feel, um, and that's simply a lie. And so we're that's catching up to us. Uh, the world, the weird world of the spiritual realm, is catching up to our materialistic worldview and busting it to pieces. So in our schools, many times kids are taught to uh, they go through yoga classes, which no one should be doing. Um, and in yoga classes, you're assuming the position of the worship of pagan gods, but they also will teach kids to uh, have imaginary friends, a dragon or whatever, or to identify with their spirit animal. What is your spirit animal? I think you have probably done that with your friends, uh, talked about a spirit animal. What is your spirit animal? I know I have in a very casual, like comic kind of way, joking kind of way, but this makes it very serious we don't want spirit animals, and we don't want to identify with one, and we don't want to welcome one into our life because they're real. Because unless you want to like manifest a, uh, you know, a dog or um, one one instance 
actually two instances that I know of was someone manifesting a bird just flying around like this is this isn't the kind of thing we want to do as humans. So we don't want to be degraded and humiliated by demons. Um, and we shouldn't be inviting spirit animals into our lives. You may think that's silly, but let me share with you a story from the Bible. Um, and this is the story of Belteshazzar, uh, or Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sorry. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, was um, a, a, the, um, a king, and he um, just let arrogance go to his head. Um, and God had warned him that this was going to take place, that when, when his arrogance reached a certain height, God was going to cut him down. Um, and so the king reflected, it says, over, over Babylon, over which he was king. He says, Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? This is Daniel 4, beginning in verse 30. So he says, basically, um, I am tremendous, I am, I am God, uh, and look at all that I have done. Um, and it says, While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven, saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. Sovereignty is removed in a manifestation. When someone is manifesting a demon, I mean, there are different levels of manifestation. Somewhere we're more conscious of what's going on and more in control, but others, like the one I just described or, or read about, um, the one that was described to us, those folks were not in control uh, at that time. They had lost sovereignty over themselves. Um, and, I mean, in that situation, it was a good thing because God was drawing those demons out and getting rid of them. But uh, the manifestation demonstrated that they were there the whole time. And there are stories of people who eat very nasty things, like like human dung, uh, because of demons in their lives. We don't want these things in our lives. Um, so, sovereignty has been removed from you, King Nebuchadnezzar, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling will be with the beasts of the field, you will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. But at the end of that period... I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but but he does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time my reason returned to me, and my majesty and my splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom and my counselors and my nobles. They began to seek me out, so I was reestablished in my sovereignty, and surpassing greatness was added to me. And God wants to reestablish you in your sovereignty. You know, we um, we invite um, things into our lives uh, carelessly all the time because we're not really thinking about it. Now, you know, I think there are times where I've joked about uh, a spirit animal, but mostly in it, like where you're kind of uh, teasing somebody of giving them, saying, oh, your spirit animal is, you know, something embarrassing or whatever. I think, you know, 
we can go too far in being like paranoid about these things. But at the same time, uh, we need to be careful about what we what we participate in because we can naively invite something in. The demon takes us seriously because they are looking for any excuse to get in us and to destroy us because we're made in the image of God and that's what they want to do. Um, and people get into yoga, meditation, um, you know, imaginary friends, looking for comfort, looking for fellowship, looking for things that should come from Jesus alone. And anytime we do that, we open ourselves. Anytime we seek from something else, what should only be sought from God, we open ourselves up to demons because that is idolatry. Um, and we're all guilty of it at some level. So anyway, this was a pretty crazy story, and I just wanted to share it with you and just to make us more aware, too, of what we're participating, what our culture is participating in. We don't want spirit animals. We don't want uh, to explore our identity. Our identity is already declared to us. You are a man or a woman made in the image of God. Don't go wandering around for something else, inviting other identities, including animals, to attach themselves to you. You don't want that. So Jesus, I just thank you for everyone watching and listening today. I bless them. I pray that you would establish your identity in each one of us. Thank you that we are children of the Most High God, made in the image of God, men and women made in the image of God, and the two shall become one, and together we will glorify God. And Lord, we just thank you that uh, we are the bride of Christ, and we are made to be in union with you, and we want no idols with us. We don't want any third or fourth or fifth parties in this sacred marriage. We want to be joined in purity, a pure bride joined to you, Jesus. And that's what we want to be. Help us to be it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.